This is the Power of Genetics podcast. In each episode, I'll be interviewing successful practitioners and impactful thought leaders in the world of health and performance. They will share their journey, their insights, and their best advice for us all. I'm your host, Dr. Yael Jaffe. Let's begin with today's episode. Today on the Power of Genetics podcast, I'd like to welcome my colleague and friend, Kerry Glassman. We are newish friends, but I am absolutely delighted and overjoyed to have Kerry in my professional life now, and even more so to have her as a guest on the podcast. So a very big, warm welcome, Kerry. Thank you so much. And right back at you. I'm so happy that you are in my life professionally and personally now. I'm so happy about that and really glad that we've connected. And I know so much good stuff to come in the future. So one of the things I love to do in this podcast is when I meet someone who has these multi-layered like assets and superpowers to themselves. And you know, I was so excited to be able to talk to you and to share or share you with, with the audience because it's very rare when we, we uh, when I meet someone who has the ability to be clinically uh, wise and experienced with like really lots of clinical expertise, um, the ability to connect to others, the ability to be an entrepreneur and, and have vision and impact around business. And so, as well as, and I will throw in this, being a celebrity dietitian, and we can talk about what, <laughs> is, what does that mean when we use the word celebrity? So, you know, you, you, tick, you, you tick so many boxes, you've done so much that I think for many people, they'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, we're just going to put Carrie on this, on this pedestal and I'm never going to be anything like Carrie. So I'm kind of like not even going to try. So the reason I wanted so much to be able to, to talk to you today is to really unpack that journey and understand, you know, where did it begin for you? Because as I always say, none of us wake up in the morning as a celebrity dietitian, right? It's a very long and hard journey with a lot of hard work. So if you come sort it, I'd love to go back and just start right at the beginning and let's understand where it started for you. Yeah, I mean, and it has been a long journey. So first of all, thank you so, so much for that nice intro and also um, for recognizing that it has been a long journey. And I know you understand that as someone that's had this, your own incredible career, um, but also has been an entrepreneur as well. You understand that it is a real journey and everyone is definitely not cut out for it. And I think I'm kind of just jumping ahead here and then I'll go back to the beginning where it started. But I do think that being an entrepreneur, it is in your blood a little bit. I do think that there are some people like it's just in you. And that doesn't mean that every single person that has that ends up being one or going down that path. But it is that type of a thing that I, I again, I just feel like some people are born that way and some people aren't. And that doesn't mean you can't become that. But I do feel like that was just in me. Um, so there's that. But let's go back. You know, I always say that I was born to do this. And the reason and, and why I feel that way is that I don't think that people aren't in this field of wellness because, oh, this is really cool. As much as many people think this is such a cool profession right now, most people don't just go into it like, oh, that's really cool. Most people in the fields of wellness, nutrition, health are in it because they're really passionate about it and they want to make an impact, right? So they're really passionate about it. And that usually I say comes from either a place, you know, way back when, like they were born with it, maybe like being an entrepreneur, they were born with it or, and, or there was some kind of triggering event that ignited that passion. So for me, I say there wasn't this triggering event. It was more something I think I was truly just born to do. So I have a, like many funny little stories that I can look back on my life and say, wow, I was really meant to do this. So one of those little stories that I always share is that in seventh grade science class, so I think I was 12, my friend, Amy, loves to remind me, it was Mr. Stasek science class that I turned to her and said, I'm craving almonds. My body must need vitamin E. 
Now, I always say, like, I don't know where I came up with that. Why? But I must have read something in a mag, some teeny bopper magazine I had read. There was probably a little thing, or maybe I'd read some magazine of my mother's. I was reading the little nutrition section, something. But the point of that silly little story is that I absorbed that information and I was thinking about it. I put, I used it, even if I used it wrong, even if I didn't know what I was talking about. I was connected to that. What did food do for your body? And anyway, so I really do feel like that was just in me. And I was also an athlete. I played many, many sports growing up. I played two sports in college. So I'll fast forward to college. Um, when I was when I was in school um, and I was playing sports, I remember you know my friends were all you know doing whatever they were doing and partying and drinking their diet soda and not eating and then drinking at night or maybe eating whatever candy and then doing this and they weren't necessarily it wasn't it was a typical you know a college atmosphere that wasn't very healthy. I was the one that was playing sports, trying to be healthy. And I was gaining the, forget about the freshman 15. I think I gained the freshman 25. And, but I didn't want to just not eat and drink Diet Cokes and do that. I was, became even more interested in how do I fuel my body to perform well and to feel good and to be able to think and study and perform in the athletic field, but also still fit into those skinny jeans on Saturday night. So Anyway, that's when I, I always say that's when nutritious life was born because I noticed that when I slept well, I, I wake up and I was more motivated to go to the dining hall in the morning and eat a healthy breakfast. And then I was, you know, I perform better on the athletic field. And then I was more motivated to go study in the library. And I, I, I again, I wasn't calling it a nutritious life. I didn't start it then, but that's when I really started thinking about these pillars of a nutritious life and how they all work together physiologically and behaviorally. And as you know, nutritious life, which again, I didn't know that I was going to be a dietitian. I didn't know that I was going to have this company called nutritious life, but the pillars of a nutritious life, drink up, eat empowered, sleep deep, stress less, sweat often, live consciously and nurture yourself, love more. I think I just got them all. Um, that's when all of those pillars kind of, I, I thought about them and how they work together again, physiologically and behaviorally. So Fast forward, I'm not going into way too much detail no, here for I'm you. Loving it. <laughs> loving it. I'll let you know. I, 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 it's exactly what I was hoping you would tell us. Okay. So I first went back. So so I didn't even really consider as much as I say nutritious life was born when I was in college. I didn't think of myself as a science person. I was a political science major with a concentration in political theory. So I was doing taking mostly philosophy classes. And I thought maybe I'd go to law school. And then I wanted to be a sports announcer. Anyway, so then I got my first job was at Sports Illustrated, which at the time was owned by um, Time Inc. And they owned Health Magazine. So I we get all those magazines for free. So when Health Magazine would show up on my desk each month for free, I would forget about my work and I would just eat it up. I would read the entire thing cover to cover. And I was so interested in it. So I went back to school and I took, I was living at the time with my um, now ex-husband, who at the time was my boyfriend. Um, and so I, we were in, we were living in New York. So I went to NYU and took nutrition 101. And I just said, let me just try this. Like, I don't know why I didn't take it. I was at Tufts undergrad, which, you know, has an incredible nutrition program, but like I said, yeah, one I, of was the best, scared, right? I was scared of sciences. I was like, I'm not a science person. I'm more of a, you know, I'm taking all these philosophy classes. That's not, so I actually didn't take it because I'd heard it was such a hard science there, which is so ridiculous because then I ended up being obsessed with all of the sciences and loving all of the sciences that when I went eventually went back and got my master's but that's how I ended up going back to school and then I started working part-time and going back to school and so anyway that's that's really how it that's how it sort of began um and then when I and now I'm jumping ahead a little bit when I started my practice I knew at the time and you know this is 20 plus years ago at the time dietitians were it was all about diet, exercise, diet, and exercise. And I said, I don't want to start a private practice and just talk to people about diet and calories and exercise. I know that if all of these other things aren't in alignment, none of that works. So the very first logo for my business actually had a little picture of a brain with like little things coming out of it to, to signify stress with a little arrow to an apple for food with a little arrow to a bed for sleep and so on. You were showing way ahead of your time. Life. Like so it's way so, ahead of your time. It's so funny. And people would and people would say to me, why are you asking about my stress? Why are you focusing on my sleep 
and not giving me a diet plan. Like some people would really look at some people like, you know, really like we're like, okay, I'm all in with this. And other people were like, I don't get it. What are you doing? What's the point here? And I was like, just trust me, stick with me here. So yeah, it's funny. So I've been really doing this. I've, I really have been just fascinated by how it, all of these pillars, like I said, work together. And now, you know, there's so much more research available. Of course, as I'm saying, you were pillars. just ahead of your time. I mean, that's called lifestyle medicine, you know, like it's, right. it's I didn't know, even know just... right. I didn't know a name for it. I just was doing it. Amazing. Right. Amazing. So, right. so now you're and, in practice and you're building a clinical practice. Right. So now, okay. So I didn't know if you wanted me to continue with the journey there. Oh yes. yeah. Okay. I'm loving so, the journey. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah. So now I'm in practice and I say, okay, I literally had signed like the actual, I'll go back even a step. Cause that was when I created the logo, which was probably a little bit after the step I'm going to tell you now. But I remember when I signed the lease for my practice, for my office, I said, okay, I was seeing some clients a little bit at home, you know, client here or there, really just kind of testing the waters, counseling. But then I signed this lease and I was like, well, now I really have to build a business and I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I was like, I didn't learn anything, any of this in school to become a dietitian. I learned some nutrition science, but I didn't learn how to take that information and turn it into consumer-friendly language that was usable and actionable for people. I didn't learn I mean, I learned a teeny bit about counseling, but I did not learn a lot about counseling and coaching. I didn't learn anything about business. So I remember thinking to myself, okay, what do I actually do? And this is one thing I think that I will say makes me you know, an entrepreneur. It, part of this was me being an entrepreneur and part of this was me being young and maybe a little naive here. I just signed that lease and was like, let's go, let's do this. Let's build, let's I can cover that rent. I'll get enough clients to cover that rent. And I just jumped and figured, you know, I'll find that parachute on my way down. So I did kind of just jump into it, which again, I think is a sign that I was always a little bit of that. I had that entrepreneurial spirit a little bit. Yeah, I think um, we're going to come back to that. We, I'm going to put a pin okay. in it because I think- Okay, let's put a pin in is, that. Yep. It's is okay, super so, important. So I, I, I suspect that that theme is going to come back time and time again. So oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so going back to, okay, so, so I start, so I start the practice and I said, you know, I want to, I, I want to figure out before I start to see lots and lots of clients, how can I be efficient seeing clients, you know, thinking like a business person, how can I be efficient? How can I see more? How can I do a great job? How can I be consistent? How can I track what I'm doing? So I created what I, again, because I didn't learn a lot of this in school, which I know you and I've talked about the dietetic program <laughs> and all of that and how we feel about there's, you know, the, the things that might be missing there. Anyway, though, I created this big binder, like, like a big three ring binder. And I had these tabs in it. And that first section was, you know, session one with a client and session two, and here's how you're going to do marketing. And here's, how I'm going to do the business. And here's what I'm going to do in the follow-up sessions. And I really created this roadmap to seeing clients and of course it's individualized and it wasn't the same for each, but the roadmap for me to follow to see every every individual client. And I said to myself then, and this is, again, this was, my son is going to be 20 in May and this was the year before he was, this was June before he was born. So, you know, this is 21 years ago is when I'd signed that lease. Um, anyway, I'd been counseling for, like I said, a little bit at home before that, but yeah, June 2000, uh, 2002. Yeah, crazy. Anyway. Um, I said, I want to take this binder and I want to license it to, you know, dietitians throughout the country one day, because this doesn't exist. We don't have a formula to follow. We don't have, you know, I learned all this nutrition science, but I didn't learn how to apply it. I didn't learn how to put it to use. I didn't learn all of these other things that I need. So anyway, that was like in the back of my head. So fast forward, I build my practice. I write, you know, I start doing media. I write multiple write four books I do all these things and well, then... well let's just let's not rush at that so okay <laughs> so one of the things about you is your engagement with the media you know um as and that's I guess where we get the this I mean you are an influencer but you're also a celebrity when anyone is in the media whether it's you know good morning America or whether it's writing for woman's health or something so tell us whether that was intentional or whether it was kind of um, opportunistic, I guess, is the question. Yeah. So it was, it was absolutely intentional. Um, so I remember when I had started my 
or actually, no, I was in school at the time. I hadn't even started the practice yet. I saw a segment on some study that had come out about something with fiber. And I don't even remember which exact study, but there's some study, something with fiber and vegetables and cancer prevention. And it wasn't a good study. It was basically like, yeah, basically the way that it was reported was, so don't worry about it. You don't need, you don't need to get that much fiber in your diet. And, you know, don't worry. So the net net of it was, regardless of what, whether it was even a good study, a bad study, I think the, the net net of how it was reported was telling people, don't worry about your vegetables. I was like, even if this study is true and it's not showing this one particular thing about cancer, everybody needs to be eating more vegetables. Why tell people you don't need to be eating more vegetables? <laughs> like why report it? And it was just reported so poorly that I thought to myself, wow, I could have done that better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought like the message was just so wrong. And like, I remember just like say, saying in my head, like, wow, they could have said it like this way. And it would have been inspiring to still get your vegetables, even if they reported the study accurately. So I was like, you know, and then I, and then again, remember I said that I wanted to be a sports announcer at one point. So I sort of, those worlds kind of were all of a sudden it was like light bulb, like, wow, wait, I can do nutrition in the media. And I kind of, I wanted to do sports. I wanted to be a sports announcer, but now I could, you know, take that sort of, you know, interest there and do nutrition in the media. So that was kind of always in the back of my head as I went, as I went through my master's. Anyway, then when I started my practice, I didn't know exactly how I was going to go about doing it. I knew I was going to do it. I was like, I'm going to do this. I always, you know, like was thinking about it, but then I had a client come to me who was a comedian and he had all these different contacts and he wanted to lose a lot of weight. And he said, let's, I have a contact here at Fox news, which by the way, I can't believe, I can't believe it was Fox news. I was going to say, maybe, maybe, okay, I know, maybe we shouldn't say that this is a lot of years ago. I didn't even years know. Ago. And I didn't even know, honestly, I was at that point too. I'm like, I didn't even know what, I, anyway, let's just, let's forget I'm that. Political Don't science me. major. I was anyway. very young. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Anyway, the first segment was on Fox News Channel. Anyway, um, again, I shouldn't even say that again. Let's bleep that one out. Um, so he was, he said, you know what? For January one, I think I can get us a segment where you can tell everybody, you know, what you're going to do for me for the new year and how I'm going to lose weight. And I was like, great, I'm in. Let's do it. So that was really my first segment. He helped get us on, and we did that. It was the very first segment we did. It was weight loss tips for the new year. And then from there, what I always like to remind people, and this is something that I like to tell young people when they ask how I got into it, I say, you know, that's how from there, I called that producer. I asked, I, I then asked that producer thing to someone else. I then sent them pitches. I mean, I could go on so, I, I could go on for so long about the knocking down doors, literally sending emails, calling, asking people for contacts you know, being aggressive, but not overly aggressive, being helpful, doing the producer's work for them almost, being a great guest, you know, all of those things, showing up on time, being ready, being able to, you know, switch times, like all of those things. Um, but the thing that I like to remind people is that there was no social media, none. Oh, so cool. if I wasn't on TV and I wasn't sending emails and getting myself out there, there was no being on camera. There was no being out there. No one would know who you are except for your clients, right? No one and your friends. So the opportunities that people have now are so mind-blowing. And I don't ever like people that are starting out. Don't take that for granted just because it's there. Oh, everybody has social media, everyone on Instagram, everybody can go on this. Yes, but not everybody's going to take advantage of it and do the work the way they should. Your opportunities. So for anyone listening right now, your opportunities to put yourself out there and build yourself and also get your message out and make an impact. It is so, again, it's mind blowing. If I look 20 years ago, if I thought if I, if someone could, if I could have looked into a crystal ball and seen what the world was going to be like right now in 2023, and I could have known you can be on LinkedIn, you can be on Instagram, you can go and do this, you can go publish your own book. Like, all of these things. Uh, self-publishing, right? I mean, self-publishing yeah, I mean, was no not a thing. It was Never. like a and you, thing. Yeah. And if you, and by the way, even when it became a thing, it wasn't a thing because it was really looked down on. You would never have done it. It was like, no, you can't self-publish. You wouldn't have done it. It's yeah. totally different. Now everything's like, 
put it out there yourself, get put out the good content. doesn't matter if you're putting it on your own. You wouldn't have done that back then. Um, no. so, so there's just so many opportunities that I think the thing now that's hard is almost picking and choosing where and when and how much of it to do on your own. But there's just, it, it's just unbelievable how you can just, again, like you don't have to wait for that producer at Fox to call you back. You can just do it. So whatever I've done, you can do a hundred times faster and you can make an impact faster more. Like, again, I, I was seeing my clients. I was getting quotes in magazines. I was getting onto TV and then it became monthly and then weekly. And then sometimes it was three times a week. And then I had a couple of different TV shows. And then, you know, so I was out there a lot, but it took, I mean, it was a lot, a lot of work. Yeah, and I think that's really, that's why I asked you the question, whether intentional or opportunistic. And of course, in every intention, there's an element of opportunity. And I think that's the same, whether it's um, private practice, building a business or being in the media. And I think the difference is if you have the intention and the opportunity presents, you're able to take advantage of it. But I think that the other lesson which has come through so clearly, and I, I just love this conversation, is around the hard work. There is nothing that I have ever heard in my life speaking to all the incredible and impactful people I've spoken to that didn't involve a lot of additional and very hard and very intentional work. And I, you know, it isn't like, oh, suddenly you were no one and suddenly you were, you know, and, and I tell the story that, and I'll just start a small story here that my first book was an idea that I had and I was no one. Again, 2003, 2004, no social media. I didn't right. have a PhD, I was just an RD. I was I moved to America, no one knew me. I was a South African dietitian, but I had an idea for a book about genetics. And I knew that the only way that I could ever get a book into the marketplace, if there was a name on the cover that meant something to someone. And it certainly wasn't gonna be my name because I was no one. So I called up Dr. Ruth DeBusk, who was the preeminent nutrigenomics expert probably in the world at that time. And I was like, hi, you don't know me. <laughs> My name's Alma Dietrich from South Africa, and I have an idea for a book. And she was like, well, actually, I'm, I'm writing a book with the Nutrition Academy and um, at those days, ADA, and I'm sorry. But luckily for me, she's a super nice person, so she didn't just put the phone down. And I was, and I, anyway, I never gave up. And I was like, can I just email you my idea? Anyway, I did. And then, and then she's like, well, it's quite interesting. And I was like, what if I flew you to Boulder? I was living in Boulder and she was in Tallahassee and we could discuss it. And even if you decide not to do it, you can give me some advice. Anyway, paid for her to fly to Boulder out of my little salary. Spent the day talking to her about my idea, thinking at worst, I will come away with yeah. input. And at yeah, best, absolutely. I'll come back with a co-author and what happened. She loved the idea. She canceled her contract to do the textbook, which she didn't really want to do. We wrote a book together, actually, Incredible. I, you know, and which got published because it had her name on. And Incredible. I went from being, she went from being number one and me being absolutely nobody in the world to being number two because I wrote the book with Ruth and, and, and. I didn't take a cent for it. I did all the work at night and on the weekend and my holidays. Ruth obviously got paid, but it was very important. I did it for free. And it's that invest. And it was yes. the smartest decision yes. I ever made in my career because it changed everything for me. So I just wanted to put that story in because I think it lines up so uh, 100%, well. 100%. And I have, so, I have not that exact story, obviously, and that is incredibly impressive. And I admire that so much, but I can absolutely relate to that. It's like, and you probably understand this too. Sometimes you'll, you'll, someone will say, I've been working so hard for the last couple of years. And I'm like, couple of years. <laughs> like, I mean, I've been working hard for decades. And, and then, and you know, and you think about like the things you did, like I have, you know, similar types of stories like that, where, you know, I remember getting, you know, multiple stories where I was up at four in the morning where there's no food stylist on this segment. There's a food stylist there at the Today Show, but there's not a food stylist here to do local. But you know what? I, I better still do that local because I have to be out there as much as possible. So getting up at four to do, you know, to do the food prep, 
before I woke up my kids at six to get them to preschool, to come back, to get the food, to go back, you know, the, all of the, so many different types of stories like that, but it's, it is, it's putting in that work, but also something that, that, that what you just said, putting in that work for free a lot at the beginning. There's a lot of work you have to do. And, you know, so much, there's so much out there right now too, about like, you know, know your worth and know your worth. And I talk about that too. And you should know your worth and you should Val, you know, know how to price yourself and you should do all of that. But there's still, there's things as you're building yourself, especially as an entrepreneur, there is always work you're going to have to do for free. And I talk, I talk to my students about that too. It's like opportunity, fee, right? And time and cost. And you have to weigh those four things. Sometimes there's mega opportunities that are going to be no fee, right? There's going to, they're not, you're not going to get paid at all. But the, but it's going to be so beneficial, the opportunity. And like, that's what your example was. And perfect. I, I think that that's so valid. This hasn't come up before. And I'm so glad we're talking about this because it never changes, right? And you know this. And even right now, I'm 30 yeah. years into my career and I still will do things for free because yeah. of one, there's a great opportunity or two, because there's it's part of my mission. So right. So right. we all need to have a mission. We all need to know why we're doing what we're doing. And if we understand why, then when we when we ask to do something, we can evaluate it as this is going to increase my value in the marketplace. So it's very intentional opportunity. Or this aligns with the impact I want to have in the world on nutrition, on people's health. And so I'm going to choose to do it there. And I think that one of the problems we're having at the younger generation is that they they don't necessarily they always think that something has a dollar cost to it. Yeah. And I think you it's very hard well, to you're really right. you're, carve yeah. a niche for yourself in the world without understanding how much of it has to be given. So you're you're absolutely right. And that, that's what I was actually trying to get at is that like there's so many, so many of like I see some of these younger people that have also had, you know, good business coaches who've like trained them really well to ask for what they're you know, their worth and all of that. And there is, that is good to a certain extent, but like what you just said, when you have a mission and I always say, so I think when I actually went through, it was going through this grid that I go through with my students as I was listing that out before. And I think I said it wrong because I think I said fee and cost. So I was saying is there's fee, there's time, there's opportunity, and then there's passion. So those are the four things I have people, like I, you look at in a, and I, I actually have people grid it out. So if you look at all the things you do in a week, there might be things that don't take, you know, a lot of time, but you're paid a lot. So they allow you to then do the things that you're really passionate about, but you don't get paid anything for, right? So there, you have to like, look at all those things. So when I look at, when you tell me about that, the book you published there, like that was brilliant of you because the, the not getting paid. So what? That was worth every single Prices. bit of your time. Prices. And then the other part of that, that I want to, that it, yes, it was, was priceless. And again, like I, I, I have many situations like that, not just media, but other upper, upper, other types of opportunities, whether it was speaking engagements or things like that, that I did as well, um, that same thing that, that, that were priceless. Um, but the other thing that I want to mention, I just want to touch on that you did was you put yourself out there and you put yourself out there in a major way that, and that's another thing that I'd say to, um, younger people now like social media. You can DM people. You can find people on LinkedIn. You can network just like you can practice all your media in a, in a way that we couldn't. You can network with people in a way that we couldn't. So you had to track that woman down, call her up, do whatever to get, you know, to get her attention where we didn't, we couldn't slide into people's DMs. So we had to put ourselves out there and really be proactive it's funny, the first um, job I had in nutrition was with an incredible sports nutritionist who I, I think is incredible to this day, Heidi Skolnick. Um, and I, same thing, like that was my very, very first part-time job while I was getting my master's, was working for her as an assistant. And I, same thing, I found I found her, I tracked her down. She was the best sports nutritionist I knew of in New York. And I tracked her down and I'm like, I want to work for you. <laughs> you know, so it's like, but it's putting yourself out there and doing that. And so- I love this. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've spoken about it before, like, for everything you say. And I just, what I guess what excites me is that you're teaching this. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, if someone had just taught me this, you know, and I didn't have to learn over 30 years, that would have been fantastic. So I think, you know, the, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, 
exactly what you did and exactly what I did. And I didn't just do it once where I went after a mentor. I did it multiple times where I called someone up and said, I want to work with you. Let me know how, like, I want to hang with, like, let me be your shadow. Let me, like, I'll do anything, but let me just, and every time you, you find, let's call them mentors. Every time you find a mentor, you leap, you leap. And, and it's the leaps in, you know, you, you might find you plateau for a couple of years, you find a new mentor and, it, and, and it, you leap up to another level and then you learn what you have to learn. And, and, and to imagine that you are able to create that journey for yourself without these individuals is impossible. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love how you're talking about that leaping because some, sometimes then, you know, you get to another place in your career and you're really busy doing all these different things. And you, like me, you're busy doing all these things in your career and your parenting and your busy times in your, you know, in your life. And, and then I have gotten to these places where like, I'm ready to leap again. And I'm sort of just like, I don't want to say stuck, but sort of just a little, maybe stagnant, not where I want to be. Things seem a little stuck. And I always go back to, okay, what, what were those things that I did when I first started? What were those things that I did and how, like, what did I do to get myself to that next level? Because I, I was so intentional about it. And then sometimes you do almost, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but you start to take certain things for granted, even subconsciously like, oh yeah, yeah, I've done that a million times. Oh yeah. I've, I've been quoted in that magazine a million times, or I've done that a hundred times, spoken to thousands of people in a lecture room a hundred times. I don't need to push myself to do that. Like you start to, you can start to take certain things for granted. And then again, to do that leap, like you said, it's like, reach out to that next person. It's what were those things that you were doing at the beginning that you might be taking for granted that are just coming a little easier that you need to be intentional about again, you know, do, and, and I, yeah, I, absolutely. I don't know. And I, I, have I don't know. This, yeah. Um, I have it for myself. I know exactly. So it's always intentional and it's always hard work. It's either reach out to a person that you, inspires you. My second one is travel somewhere that you haven't traveled before. The third one is go to a conference that has nothing to do with nutrition. Mm. That'll te and teach you something different. And if you can do those three things, there's absolutely, because often like you, you, it's not, it's that plateau. It's almost a little bit of boredom and a little bit of stuckness. And it's like, yeah. you can't imagine what your next step is, but you know that there needs to be a, some movement. And it happens to me every like three, four years, I've, I've like timelined my life and I've been able to define that it's usually like three, four years. And I find that when I put myself, I always say comfort in discomfort, put myself in, into an uncomfortable place, go to a conference that you actually don't know the content and that can teach you something different, reach out to someone that truly inspires you and travel somewhere different that you can learn something different about a culture. And I find that if you can do that, it almost inevitably shifts you into a, a, another gear. That's my yeah. experience. No, I love that. I, I, I love the travel thing too, because travel for me is, I always become inspired when I'm traveling. I always, so much so that I have to remember to then enjoy the travel part and not just rush home to get back to work because I always get inspired about work things when I, when I slow down and I'm not going through my task lists for the day yes. and I'm not just doing the work and I'm just, I'm not working. That's when all the great ideas come, come to, to be. And so then I'm always like, I got to get back to work. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to continue enjoying the time away, but I'm always inspired by travel. Um, I agree. Yeah. I love so much of what you just said. I love that, but you do, you just have to continue to put yourself to continue to put yourself out there and and move forward. Oh, there's so much we could talk about with all. I know. Of this, I was but... just thinking, like we thought we had loads of time, we don't. So I'm going to jump ahead to um, yeah. a nutritious life mm -hmm. again. So I want to hear about what. So first of all, define what nutritious life, so everyone knows. Yeah. And then tell us about why you created it. Tell us a little bit. You're gonna we're gonna have to do the 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 pricey version of nutritious life, but why you created it, what was your intention, what happened to it? I love the story about it. Um, what happened when you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yep, that's yep. the story. Yeah. So I, okay. So the practice was, you know, Nutritious Life. I started my private practice. It actually started off that logo that I already described to you. The name of the practice was actually Body Fuel, my initials, KKG Body Fuel. 
Um, and it, but it had that logo and I very quickly changed the name to nutritious life and then, and then built out the pillars, which I already went through. So that was my private practice, which then I built also, um, the media side of it, where I created, you know, my website, nutritiouslife.com and we had content on there. And then I wrote, I wrote books and, um, worked with women's health magazine for many, many years and worked with many brands. And so that was really my private practice as well as my personal media side of the business. And then, um, so I mentioned that binder that I created when I first went into practice. And I had, an, I, I said how I had this idea, like I want to take this one day and get it out to dietitians throughout the country. So about 10 years ago or so, I was sitting with someone um, who I had worked on a YouTube show with and many other projects. And he said, you know, so what do you really want to do? And I said, well, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And then I said, but there's also this other thing I want to do. <laughs> and I said, I really want to take, and I basically explained to him, I want to take my program, what I do in my practice, and I want to get it out to dietitians throughout the country. And, you know, because I have dietitians that will email me and say, how did you start your private practice? Like, I want to give this to them. I want to help them make their, I want to make their journey easier and faster. And I want to help them reach more people. So he said, well, I said, so who can I, I want to partner with someone and I want, I want to, you know, I, I didn't think I could do it on my own. And he's like, create a program, do it online. You can do this online. And I thought, to, I mean, on, I was like, what online education, <laughs> what do you mean? I can just do this. So I was about to film a, a TV show at the time, actually called cook your ass off. It was like, it was actually the healthy <laughs> version of chopped and only aired for one season, but I was the nutritionist host on it. And anyway, I filmed that for three weeks straight. And then literally the next week, I filmed the first version of my course. And I created what I now have is this Nutritious Life Studio. Um, the new, So Nutritious Life Studio is the education arm of Nutritious Life, or I should say the education arm for practitioners. Um, and so in the Nutritious Life Studio, the our course, our core course is um, the Nutritious Life Certification, which we call the Become a Nutrition Coach Program. And we teach, I teach in the program, it's a six month course. And I teach that philosophy of nutritious life where I go through the eight pillars. There is a whole section on nutrition, um, or I shouldn't even say section. There's, it's, I'm trying not to give all the details as if I'm like sell, trying to sell this course here. So I'm trying to make a long story short, but there's three major modules where we teach nutrition science, nutrition coaching, and the business of nutrition nice. and wellness. But okay. something really important that I do want to bring up because I know you're going to relate to this is when I also, when I decided to launch it, originally I was thinking, oh, dietitians, I'm a dietitian. And then I thought to myself, you know, I want to make this, I want to make this for anyone who's giving nutrition information. I want to give them the community. I want to give them this foundation of knowledge. And I, and there's so many people out there that I know that I knew that are brilliant and are giving so much good nutrition information and they want this and need this just as much as other dietitians out there. So I said, I'm not making this just for dietitians. I know so many incredibly brilliant nurses, chiropractors, chefs, so many brilliant people out there. So that's why I ended up not doing it just for dietitians. So now not only are we in every, every state, so we're in all 50 states, we're also in 40 countries and we have 4,000 coaches. Yeah, 4,000 coaches worldwide. And we um, definitely don't have just dietitians. If you are a dietitian, you do get 62 of your 75 continuing ed credits. But the point <laughs> is, is that we have yeah. many other professionals. I and yeah, I, know I think that you and I, I both realized that point very early on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to bring that up. And again, yeah. I'm just not trying to sell All right. the program. So now tell me what happened to Nutritious Life Education. Yes. So then we continued to, yeah, the nutritious life studio. So we, I continue to build, um, to build my, um, to build the business. So now, um, as I was building that, and as we were, um, taking on new students, um, a couple of years ago, I created a partnership with a larger online education company. Um, and I was acquired about, um, two and a half years ago. And then a few months ago, as I told you, I reacquired, <laughs> I acquired my yeah, business. You bought back. back your business. Let's yeah. call it what it is. Yeah. You bought back your business. So tell me about, the, you know, for someone like myself who's been um, straddling like you, the business and clinician world for a couple of decades. When I heard the story that you were acquired, you sold your business and then you bought it back, I completely understood the amount of 
courage, boldness, hard work, risk um, that would need to you would need to have to be able to do such a thing. Like this is it's one thing building a business and selling a business. Buying back your business and having to rebuild mm -hmm. it takes um, yeah. an amazing amount of, of I'm going to use the word courage over and over again. So um, not so much the thank detail you. of it. Thank you. Thank you. I want to hear about, yeah. about that part of it. Like, where did you find the strength to be able to do that? Well, and th thank you for recognizing that also, because then you know a little bit of my story, but you also, you know, for those out there that don't know part, part of part, part of, I think what made it so difficult to do this was that I had, I've been a single mom for most of my, I mean, most of my life. And, you know, so I was, I had been, I built nutritious life as a single mom again, and I was working and parenting and working and parenting and building. So when I did sell it, there was this massive amount of relief, you know, and I, and I worked for the company. Um, and so, you know, I said, I was like getting that paycheck every two weeks I without <laughs> just like, without worrying about anybody else's paycheck and just getting a paycheck. Saying, All right, great. You know, I, I mean, it was amazing and that was fabulous. And I, and I, it was just a huge, huge amount of relief after so many years of work and balancing or trying to balance parenting and working. So yeah, when you, when I, when I first thought about taking it back, I mean, at first when I even thought of it, I mean, I was in a total depression for a week, like crying, like just miserable for a week thinking, and I'm not going to get into the details of why this, why the situation came up that I was, the opportunity was, a, was, was coming up like, cause that's not for me to share about the, 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 bigger picture of it all. But when I realized that that's might be what has to happen, I was really in a very, like just a dark place for, for about a week. And then I said, okay, I can look at this in a couple different ways. One, I said, you know, there was a lot of things that I wasn't loving, but what was going on. So now I can do it my way again. And also I said, I'm going to have this back. So now I'm going to have this whole opportunity in front of me. I can look at it like, oh my God, I cannot believe I have this responsibility again. And this is so much work again. And this is going to be this stress again. And this is going to be this financial stress again. And there's going to be all this. And I can't believe this. And I can look at it and be stressed about it and upset about it. Or I can say, I am so grateful to have this opportunity. Now, this opportunity is going to be a lot of work and a lot of stress and a lot of things, but I have this whole thing that's mine again, that's I'm going to have this opportunity again. And so when I, and, and, and since then, this is about six months ago when I ha was having that stress around it ever since then, you know, there's been a lot of like great days. And then there's those really stressful entrepreneurial days. And I get myself out of it by thinking I have this opportunity. If I didn't have this opportunity, I would be more upset. Like I have an amazing opportunity for me. It is a whole hell of a lot of work, but I have an amazing opportunity for me. And most important, which I want to get to is I have an opportunity to make an impact in such a huge way that if I take advantage of this opportunity, like I could really make an impact. So when I see, and not to sound like a total cheese ball, but to wrap this all up, when I'm on these calls with our students and they're telling me about their clients that they're making such an impact with, I think to myself, like, wow, like it is really like, you know, that um, pay it forward type of situation. Like where we're, I always say like, we're reaching people. I'm reach. I, I don't say me because it's my whole team. Like we're reaching people who are reaching people that are changing individuals' lives on a daily basis. And again, not to sound like a total cheese ball, but it's, it's, that's kind of what keeps me going on those other days that I'm like, I can't believe I'm back at this, worrying about all these different things. So, I, I mean, I think I, I think it's a burden and a privilege right. to um, to be in the position that you're in and I'm in, where uh, we have we have the privilege of being able to impact multiple people who go on to, and they don't only your coaches don't only impact their clients' lives; those clients impact their families' lives. So we always say yes. like the impact is 
significant. So first of all, you know, it is a burden and a privilege. And I talk about the concept right. and I'm, I'm going to, I know we've only got a few more minutes. I want to finish with two questions, but I just want to want to make a comment that I talk about, and, and this is my experience as a, I call myself the reluctant entrepreneur because I never set out to be an entrepreneur ever. Mm -hmm. And about a year ago or something, I got invited to a podcast or two years ago and they, it was an entrepreneur's podcast. And I was like, well, why are they inviting me? Um, <laughs> and it was, which was very funny because I've been in startups my whole life, but really, I mean, for 3X4 was the first time that I was like solo founder, like really, I've been part of startups my whole life, but 3X4 was really where I kind of set out to build a company. Actually, I lied, there's two companies, but, but um. It was only when someone called me in a shop and I was like, no, no, I'm not really. It's just, there was an opportunity and I had to solve it and it needed to be sorted out. And the only it's way to do you. that was it's like, in you. right, to start a business. And and so then at some point it was like going to Alcoholics Anonymous. You stand up and you say, hi, I'm Yael and I'm an entrepreneur. And, and it took me literally until a couple of years ago to be able to own that and say, you know what, this is who I am. And yes, I'm many yeah. other things, but actually I love to create things that go out into the world and make things happen. And, and the way to do that is through entrepreneurship. Like there is, you're yeah. never going to do that when you're a sal salaried employee, you, you know? And so I don't think we have a choice. That's uh, like, I don't think it was ever a choice for us. Right. Well, and that's kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. The very, I think the first thing we talked about was that it's, it's kind of in you to be an entrepreneur, okay. right? It's just in you. It's just the way you are. Like when I think about the, you know, even just the few stories I know about, about your story and the one you just shared today about um, your first book and, you know, that's, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. Like, even if you didn't know, that's why you were doing it. Like that's, yeah, exactly. that, that's it. Or we can use the word chutzpah, a good a good yes. nice Yiddish word like chutzpah because you got to have exactly. a, a whole lot of chutzpah as well. You All right, do. Kerry, we're going to start tying up. I've got two more questions. The first yep. one, um, this is the Power of Genetics podcast and we should at least have one genetics question, yes. right? What do you think the role- Hopefully I can answer it. <laughs> I'm like, that's the right answer. Oh. Okay, what is the role of, of genetics in this future of personalized nutrition and personalized medicine? Oh, well- I mean, I think what, yeah, um, what you're, I'm trying to think of like a, a good, easy way to wrap this up, but really what you're doing with 3X4, I mean, is going to be, I think, so incredibly, imp it is already impactful, but I think when more people have their hands on it and when it's more commonplace, I think individual, individualized nutrition, we know is um, people know that we need individualized nutrition. People know that people know that, you know, it is not, I hate the term one size fits all. Like every, we know that I don't even like saying that, that out loud. Um, and that's a, one, another reason that I love, you know, working with the coaches and the dietitians that I work with because they are doing individualized work and what you're doing with three X four and for people and is going to enable coaches, dietitians, whomever out there is working with, working with people to get so much more out of their diets and out of, you know, out of their lifestyle because they're going to have this information. So I don't know if I'm answering the problem, but I, the way I just see, the way I just see genetics with diet and the nutrigenomics and what you're doing is that like, we are barely scratching the surface at taking advantage of this information that you're making available to people. Okay. That was, barely that was a very good answer. You can come back again. That was a perfect. <laughs> All right, Terry. No, but you and know what I'm saying? Last... It really is. Like, it's just, we're just scratching the surface there. I know. I like, I and mean... uh, yeah, I would say at the end of the day, every single person should know their genes if they're going to make the best choices. So we'll. Yeah. I mean, so it's really what you're doing, like what, what you're doing and what I'm doing, which is why, again, I think we, we connect, Perfect. but yeah. what you're doing with what I'm doing with coaches. So coaches working with people individually and changing their lifestyle, but with the information that three X four gives them is going to be able to make them do their jobs a thousand times better. And people are going to have such better results. So that's really the, the short answer. Yeah. Love it. Okay. I, mean, I know we're, we're at the top of that. I'm going to ask one yeah, more okay. question. Yep. Everyone listening to this, especially those that are starting out in their career. So either they're starting out or they're still studying or they're in the you know, early days of building a practice. 
this is the last question. I promise the last question. What would okay. be the advice that you would want to impart to them? A couple of points of wisdom that you would want to share with them to take through their journey. I know we've done a few, but just to, to summarize the end. Um, uh, one thing I would say is like, take a certain amount of time every day just to, just to read in, in your field, what you're, you know, what you're interested in with no like attachment to what you're supposed to learn or no reason for specific reason for reading it. Like don't read it because you're doing, you know, writing an article on that or whatever, just take X amount of time a day where you're just going to read and go down a rabbit hole, read an article. Like if it's nutrigenomics you're interested in, read an article there, let it lead to something else and let it lead to something else. Because in order to stay on top of nutrition information, and, and so I'm just focused on nutrition because that's always what I do, but in order to stay on top of these things, like there's, it's so overwhelming and there's so much info. And I always say that like, that's just like a good baseline for knowing at least what's going on, what's happening. And it also, it's kind of like that being on vacation thing when you're just reading to inform yourself and for knowledge with no, again, specifics, very specific reason. It's, that's when you can then get creative with other ideas. Ooh, I want to write an article on that. Oh, I should reach out to that person and partner with them to do that. Like that's when those ideas come when you're sort of just like, it's again, it's like vacation reading. So, so do that at least, you know, figure out what works for you in your day and do X amount of time. Um, and that might sound really simple, but that's something that I found really, really useful for many, many, many years. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing, and this might sound trite, but I think so many people now because of social media and everybody sees what everybody's doing and people, I see so many young people that get so caught up and so frustrated with, oh, they're doing this and they're out there doing that. And I can't, you know, I haven't gotten any new clients and I'm not getting that many followers and I'm this, and they get so caught up in what everyone else is doing that it really like takes away from their ability to stay motivated and positive with moving themselves forward and as an entrepreneur. And there are, even when I couldn't see what anyone was doing, when there was, there was no seeing what anyone was doing. I still had like horrible down days of feeling like I was just a failure at everything. This didn't work out and this didn't work out and this didn't work out, but you got to build, you got to just keep going. And so I think social media really throws people off even more now and so I say, put on those blinders, say, focus on what you're doing each day and, you know, really, really put on and keep going forward. Just keep going forward. What a great message to end with. And I think, I think that there is a bigger conversation around social media, which we can't yeah. really run out of time to have, but I, th I feel like people are defining their success by their followers and how many recipes they're cooking in the kitchen that they're sharing. And I think it's a very dangerous precedent. And I would go I and probably agree. say, you know, that the work, you, me, Ashley Carpenter, 99%, 99.9% .9 of the people that I've interviewed on this podcast did not get to be where they are because of social media. So I think I it's become the most agree. dangerous idea that success on social media equals impact in the field. And I think, love yep, your idea, I totally agree with you. and just get, you know, get to Focus work. Focus on what you're doing. Yeah. 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 So what a, what a great way to end. Kerry Glassman, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. I have absolutely loved it. We could have done a good couple of hours. I've like, <laughs> I'm, you know, I know I'm we could chat forever. We could chat we forever. Could forever. Maybe we'll do a part two where we can deep dive into okay. more, but, but really, thank you so much. It's been, it's really been um, a wonderful time spent with you. Thank you for listening to the power of genetics podcast. Brought to you by 3x4 Genetics. For more episodes, please visit 3x4genetics.com backslash podcasts.